Hi guys, welcome to the Second Wife Life podcast. This is Melissa. And I'm Shay. And we are college best friends who are living 3,000 miles away, but we share a very similar story. So join us in our journey as first-time wives, automatic mamas, and navigating through this beautiful life. another episode. Today, Shay and I are going to be talking about our experiences integrating into school life with the boys, as well as their extracurricular activities, as well as some insight as to feelings and emotions the boys went through while they were introducing us to their teachers, coaches, and additional staff at school. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a weird one to talk about. Um, Cause you don't want to jump in and be like, Hey, what about me? But then, you know, like for our example with the 50, 50 custody, like I am mom when he's here. And so you don't want to be left out, but then you're still handling a lot of things in your household that a mom would handle. So you're also like, hi, I'm here too. Yeah. What was, we can like backtrack a little bit. Like what was your first experience with school and E or was your first experience in like a sports situation? No, that's a good question. I like this question. Yeah. Like you said, we can bounce back and forth. Um, uh, when Dave and I started dating, E had, hadn't started preschool yet. So he had just started preschool um, we only did, he only did like one semester preschool before going into kindergarten. So that was, that was about a year. Yeah. A year after we started dating is when he started, started pre- a little less than a year that, that he started preschool and that was fun. And that was only a couple hours a day, but, um, really it was his grandparents that were taking him because it was in the middle of the day. It was an afternoon session. So the grandparents were taking him and picking them up. So none of us as parents, Dave, myself, or the bio mom are really involved with, with that aspect until, um, kindergarten started and kindergarten started and about a week after kindergarten started is when we got engaged and we were already living together. So Dave and I were very involved in the drop off and pick up our schedules for work allowed us to do all that. Um, his bio mom with her work schedule didn't do a lot of, a lot of that. So her mom, E's grandma did a lot of drop off and pick up. So the issue that I had with school right away was I, the teachers and staff would see me and Dave more than they would see bio mom. And, but I'd always have to kind of like recorrect and be like, no, I'm, I'm a stepmom. I'm not bio mom. And then it felt like I would kind of get pushed the side a little bit. Cause it's like, oh, well, you're not the parent, so You can't do this or whatever. And Dave and I went to like, there was a kindergarten orientation the day before school started that we went to and bio mom wasn't there. So it was just us two. So we looked like the two main parents and we're there together. Um, And so, you know, we were, I was involved from the get-go with school right away and it was fun. I enjoyed it, but there are, but I'm not on any of the emails because when Dave signed them up for school. It's, you know, it's only mom and dad on the paperwork. So none of my information was on there. So I don't get the school wide emails. Um, Even to this day with teachers, I don't get those um, mass emails that they send out because it all goes based off of to the students like profile, whatever you want to call it with the information with everybody on it. So a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, but the past couple of years, 
Dave always forwards me every email that gets sent. And then a lot of times I'll be the one emailing the teacher saying, Hey, I'm Shay. I'm E's stepmom. Can I, we do this or what's going on with this? Like whatever the issue may be. And I've had relationships that way with all the teachers. Um, and then of course there's always the back to school nights and the parent teacher conferences where Dave and I always show up as a team and bio mom is able to make it too, if she is, but, and then we get the face and face interaction there too. But, um, it's hard to kind of integrate yourself when you're not, when, the first day of school comes and the teachers see this paper of this student and all they see is mom and dad information and they have no clue if these parents are even together or not or what the situation is. And then you come in, you're like, hi, I'm here. What was it like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, it feels like schools like you know multiple sets of parents um like there's always that option on there you know like parent or guardian but again like there's only two lines so parent guardian and then another line for parent guardian but what about if there's stepmom stepdad you know there's there's potentially four and then now two of those people are negated but like you were saying when E is with you like you are mom the times that he is with you, you know, so you're just as responsible for him as his biological mom is. And you should have that communication with school, you know, totally. Uh, And I I think you made a very good point is like you said on that, like the forms, it is just parent guardian, parent guardian, there is no extra lines for stuff after that. And what we've done in the past is the way the school, our schedule is with the bio mom and the way the school's have always started is um, we always end up getting him on the first day of school, or at least the past couple of years, she's always dropped him off, but it always falls on like our day, like the exchange day. So we'd always get him the first day after school. So then all those forms that get sent um, home on that first day, we've always been the ones filling it out and signing. So then you got like the um, what's it called? The directory papers and stuff like that, where we will include my information on it so that way people can get a hold of me too and it's not just one or the other plus on the other side of that too is ease bio mom doesn't live where we live she lives about 30 minutes away in a different town but he goes to school five minutes away from our house too so if there's like play dates and stuff it'll most likely happen on our days because she doesn't live close by for anything like that so when it comes time to those forms we do include myself on it or we always have but then there's never room for those at the beginning though. It's always after the fact. Like at the beginning of school, this is what school is looking for. And then throughout the school year, you almost have to work really hard to like integrate yourself into it and like to put yourself in front of the teacher and be like, hi, this is who I am in relation to ERL. So this is how much time I spend with them. I'd really appreciate being kept in the loop and you really have to put forth that effort. Whereas when you're just filling out those papers, it's, it's an automatic given. Totally. Even for, even for grandparents, you know, like look at both of E's, you know, grandma, well, all of them, you know, your parents, Dave's parents and his bio mom's mom, you know, you guys are all really involved with school with him. So where's room for those emails to go to, you yes. know? Um, Cause let's say you and Dave had jobs and his bio mom had jobs where you guys really couldn't be involved in school and you didn't want to put him in an after school program. Well, they should be able to have all of those emails without you guys having to make sure you're forwarding everything to, you know, to ensure they're getting the right information. Um, 
so, so that is something difficult with school. For us, it was a little different since we do have full custody. School hasn't seen her, doesn't know the name. Um, and at the beginning, it was hard for me because Colby would introduce me to his kindergarten teacher. Like, oh, this is O's mom. And I felt like I had to explain because in school, he's going to talk about his two moms. One lives on the mainland and there's one that I live with. So, totally. so Colby is trying like, no, this is who he lives with, you know? So that's why I'm introducing you as this. And I'm trying to take that step back. Like, no, we need to kind of paint a picture for his teacher of what the family structure is like. So she isn't confused when he's saying he has two moms. Yeah. You know, I agree. Yeah, we need to make sure that she's kept in the loop. Um, so that's kind of fallen on me to explain not the situation, just that, Hey, we have full custody. So if he refers to, you know, he might say mom and refer to me, or he might refer to his bio mom, but the differentiating piece is going to be which mom lives on the mainland and which mom he like actively lives with. And that's how the teachers were able to tell the difference as to which one of us he was talking to. Um, but totally. yeah, filling out the school forms. I remember at kindergarten, Colby was like, here, fill it all out. And I would ask him, okay, well, whose information do I put? Should yeah. I put mine? Do I put hers? And he's like, she lives on the mainland. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, fill yourself in as mom. And that's how it just had evolved. You know, the boys are in second grade now. So for the last three years, that's how it's been. But it's always been an integration process where I have to explain to the teacher, you know, okay, there's two of us. This yeah. is the situation. You know, we have it full time. So if he, you might hear him say Melissa, you might hear him say mom. If you hear mom and if he's talking about someone on the mainland, like I said before, like you're able to tell which one of us he's talking about, but you know, he's not making family members up in his head. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And especially for something like with you guys where you have sole custody. So the mom, and he does refer to you as mom and he's been doing that for a while. So it can get very, very confusing. Unlike our situation where we are 50, 50. So yeah, he calls me mom when he's here, but to everyone else, like mom is bio mom and I'm right. Shay. And so I think that's where we had to make it known right away is on those forms that came back, like for the directory and information and this and that, like we would put, I mean, it would say dad information. It would say mom information. And we would write Dave's info and underneath it would write stepmom and my info. And then for bio mom, we put her info, but like we had to make our own boxes, which sucks, you know? Yeah. And it's unfair because again, not everyone thinks that some people do have split families when they do. So we have to make our own lines as the step parent line, which sucks, but some, that's your only way to make it known. You know, right. you have to really take it upon yourself and, and make sure you are known in school. Um, like your relation to the kids and that can be kind of hard I remember being shy and timid about it yes uh, Colby was like it's fine it's fine no like school has a right to know who I am yes well I, I think the other thing too is and I know you and I've talked about this and we both have struggled with this is at the, it's it is being timid because you want to be known who you are because you are doing half the work along with Colby and Dave and anybody else who's parenting is involved, but so you are, you want to put yourself out there because you are doing the work, but then at the same time, you don't want to take it away from the bio parents either. You're, it's like a weird 
Like, do I, am I overstepping? Am I not overstepping? Do I fit in? Where do I fit in? How do I fit in? Do I do the school thing? Do I not do the school thing? But then, like you said, when, with E being here 50% of the time, I am doing the school thing. Like I am mom when he's here, I am doing the school thing. I am doing the homework and the emails and this and that or whatever. So in that sense, like, yeah, I do get, I do get a right to put myself on there. Definitely. Yeah. And like I said, for me with kindergarten and asking like, whose information do I put? Like, should I put mine with you kind of how you and Dave do it? Or do I put myself as mom slash guardian? And ever since Colby was like, no, you put yourself in that box. Okay. That's where I go. That's where I belong. Because with having full, like we're not sharing the responsibility with you're not, there's no toes to, to step on at all. Um, so that's where it differentiates for us for sure. And, and yeah, it, it's hard and, you know, your partner should be really supportive of it and they should really like take the initiative too, yeah. to like put your information and make sure that you feel respected and that they're sharing you with school too, and not just making it their sole responsibility, you know, totally. School- is a family responsibility. It is a family responsibility and it's a group responsibility too. I think it, it wasn't until last year when we started putting my information on everything, because like I said earlier, we got engaged like a week or two after E started kindergarten. So I wasn't on that, those papers right away, but I did make myself known. Cause I was at pickup. Like I saw the teacher, we said, hi, we knew each other. I was at all the back to school nights. I did the orientate. Like I was still present and involved and she knew who I was when she needed to know who I was and a story I want to bring up too. Cause this is where I felt, I think this is where I really figured out like where you need to stand up for yourself too is right after Dave and I got engaged, we had already had a trip planned to Europe and we were in Italy and we kept the schedule with the bio mom the same. So on the days that he would normally be with us, he went to Dave's parents instead while we were gone. And it's at the early of the school year. So they're still like learning everybody and it's kindergarten. So they do all those fun projects and stuff. And one of the projects was a poster and it was all about me. So there's like these different sections on the posters where you had to like put pictures or draw a picture. And it was like, this is what I look like. This is what my family looks like. This is what I want to be when I grow up. This is my favorite color, like all those things. And I remember we had called or FaceTimed E while we were gone and his mom got on and was like, Hey, what do you want us to do for this? Like, do you want us to do half of it? And bio mom can do the other half or what do you want to do? And Dave was like, yeah, do half of it. And then I'll tell bio mom and she can finish it with E. So that way it's like a 50, 50 split. And so his mom's like, okay, cool for the family picture. What picture do you want me to put? And Dave was like, oh, just find an old one of me E and bio mom. And I like immediately my heart just like broke because we were, we had just gotten engaged. I'm like, are you serious? Like I'm now part of this family. Like I was part of this family beforehand, but now it's like official. Like I'm really going to be part of this family and you're not going to act like I'm not like, I'm not going to be part of this when you just put a ring on my finger and that's like our ultimate goal. And so I remember talking with Dave that night and explaining like why I was upset. Well, he could tell I was upset when we hung up the phone and I explained to him and he's like, honestly, I didn't even think about that. I'm sorry. Like he totally understood where I was coming from. So he was trying to think on E's behalf because of what is dad and what is mom. 
And I totally get that. And that's how he explained it to me. And I understood that, but I was like, yeah, but now I'm there. Like I'm now about to be his stepmom. So you need to think of us three as a solid family. And you think of her and him and her boyfriend as whatever they want to be. And so from that moment forward is really where I think we both realize where I fit in, how I fit in and where I do belong and where I want to belong because some some bonus parents may not want to do the school thing and that's fine. That's totally fine. But I wanted to be included in the school thing. I didn't want to be like pushed to the side and be like, Oh, like years down the road. Oh, you have a stepmom. What you have a bonus parent. What? Like that wasn't my thing. Like I wanted to be there from the get go, but I wanted to be a part of all that. And I wanted to be there to support E in his school adventures too, which then means put me into that family because we are going to be a family. Like that day is coming now that we are engaged and it's official. Right. And then also too, as a bonus parent, to your point with the support, you want to show the kid or the kids that, Hey, I'm here not just to be in your mom or dad's life, but I'm here to be in your life as well. And that comes with doing the school thing, being present in your photos for school, picking you up, going to open houses, going to orientation, going to the family fun days at school, doing all of those activities to show your face to the teachers and everybody at school, but then also to show your, your stepchild, like, Hey, I, I want to be here for you. And I am going to be here for you. Absolutely. So I I think that that would be like, really, I mean, for me, I would be in the same shoes as you. Like that would like really, really hurt my feelings. Like then what was the point of saying you'll split it with her? If, if you're going to put a picture of the three of you anyways, like there, the project's done. (laughs) Totally. And it's unrealistic because you guys aren't a family anymore. You guys are divided up. So there's, and that's okay. Exactly. And I, two families and you need to accurately portray it. Like this is our family on dad's side and this is family on mom's side and it's okay. Yes, it's okay. And you need to show the children that it's okay to say that too. Like you can't let them go in with this unrealistic photo of an old, old photo when mom and dad were together and it's of you as a baby and now you're five, you know, and then saying like, oh, this is my family when that's not true. Cause then now the kid's going to feel ashamed or think that that's, I don't know, a hope or you're putting false reality basically into it is when you're doing a picture like that, instead of just saying like, no, these are your families and it's okay to share that. And then have them go to school that day and be proud to have the two sets of families that they have. Right. Or even if you guys weren't together, I think it would be more appropriate for, you know, in that situation, if you're divorced, like you have your separate families, you are not one anymore. Some people might disagree with this, um, but because this all happened when the boys were so young and the most recent picture they had together as a family of three was when he was a baby. And guess what? It's three years later. And like, this is the reality of it. And I think it would be more beneficial to just have a picture of him and E or mom and just E if she wasn't in a relationship, you know, because that's, that's the family structure. And that's the reality. Yeah. That's the reality of it. You can't, you can't pretend that there's still this family dynamic when there's not, because that's, what's going to affect the child later on too. And you want them to be proud of what their family is, no matter what it is, even if they're being raised by grandparents, like, you know, I, I know I had an uncle that raised um, his granddaughter 
and he was dad. He did it all. So it's like, don't let them be proud of who they have to raise them. So you want them to be proud of what they have and where they come from. And you don't want them to feel ashamed by giving them this false reality picture and saying, this is your family when it's not at all. Yeah, I completely agree. And that segues us perfectly into our next topic, just with schools being more inclusive when it comes time for, you know, holiday crafts. Um, We went through something with O where it was Mother's Day and this was back in kindergarten and they had to write, you know, Mother's Day cards because that's the end of the school semester. So we've never had to deal with Father's Day because that happens during summer. Right. But when you have Mother's Day and here, he has two moms. And when he was in kindergarten, you know, he was closer to her then than he is now. So it was really hard for him. Well, Melissa's the mom who takes care of me and the one that I live with. But then I also have my biological mom who I want to write this card to. And it like really broke my heart because he brought it home. And we had no idea at first of all, I'll backtrack a little bit. We had no idea that they were writing Mother's Day cards in class. So over summer, I was helping him clean out his room and I found this card and it didn't have my name on it. It didn't have her name on it. It was just a super cute little card, you know, where they were tracing the letters on it. And I asked him about it. I was like, hey, bud, you know, I I just found this. What do you want to do with it? And his face like just dropped. He looked at me like he saw a ghost because he didn't know how to respond. And his lack of response helped me come up with a response like hey bud I'm assuming you did this in school right and he said yes and he and I was like okay well you know what do you want to do with it you know do you want to mail it to you know your birth mom do you want to keep it here do you want to get rid of it what do you want to do and that opened him up with I kept it and didn't give it to anyone because I only got to make one I didn't get to make two and I didn't know what to do. So that's, that's why it's hiding in here in my room. And I felt so bad, you know, like that's a lot of pressure to put on kids, um, especially a kindergartner who is for the first time really learning about a familial structure. You know, you guys had to do a project with either doing family trees and where do you put all these people on it when my family isn't like somebody else's family. Yes. So for him to have to experience this in kindergarten, you know, I'm not faulting teachers or schools whatsoever for this, but I think it's something to keep in mind and just to be more inclusive. If you do know the family dynamic, um, you know, give the kids an option to want to do something for both or not at all. Um, Or even kids who don't have a mom or kids who don't have a dad and you're pushing this agenda, like, Hey, we're going to write mother's day cards. And for all, you know, this kid just like lost a parent. Yeah. And that, that was really eye-opening to me. And I felt so, so bad. So we put it in his room and he said, he'll think about what he wants to do with it. And, um, it was a few days later, he, he came to me with it and, and he, he said that he wanted to throw it away. Um, And when I asked why, he said, because I don't need a card to tell you how much I love you. And he he said the same thing about his his birth mom, too. You know, I I don't need a a card to to tell her. 
And I thought that was really sweet, you know, because it's true. Like you don't need a card to make someone feel loved, but I also think he was embarrassed that he didn't have one for either of us. So it was then my job to reassure him that like, it's okay. And I I really don't need a card to know that, you you know, you want to wish me a happy mother's day or that you love me just to take some of that like embarrassment, like off of his shoulders, because I could tell it was really getting to him and, and that really, that upset me so much because he shouldn't, he's in kindergarten. He shouldn't be put in those situations to pick and choose which family member is going to get something. And I know you had a situation recently about that. Yeah, no, totally. And I I don't think at any age, I don't think it's fair to make them pick, you know, especially if they do have great relationships with their bonus parents, like ENO have with us. And yeah, we did come across that issue recently too, for um, Christmas before the break, they were have the teacher was having E and his classmates make um, ornaments for their moms. And with our school right now and COVID and stuff, he's only going in for a couple hours a day and he's in a very small cohort. There's only five kids in his class, but his teacher, his actual teacher recently went on a medical leave. And so he had this new substitute teacher that's going to be his long-term sub until his teacher returns. So she obviously didn't know any kids' backgrounds, and she's the one that's doing this ornament thing with the kids. And I pick up E from school, and we're driving home, and I was like, how was your day? Like, what did you guys do? And he goes, well, we're making ornaments. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, they're for our moms. I was like, oh, cool. Do I get one? Kind of just, like, joking around with him Um, because that's just the dynamic that we have. We just, like, joke. And he goes, well, they only were letting us do one. So I was going to give it to my mom. And I said, that's totally fine, bud. Like, I'm just giving you a hard time. Like you give it to whoever you want. And he kind of sat there quietly and he's like, well, no, actually I want to give it to you. And I was like, no, it's totally fine. Like give it to your mom. It's totally fine. He goes, well, I wanted him to make two, but Mrs. I won't say her name. Um, said we can only make one. Cause I, I tried, I asked if I can have two. Cause I told her I have two moms, but she said I can only make one. And I was like, that's totally fine then. But I it's, you can make me whatever you want at home. Like you can give that ornament to, to your mom. It's totally fine. But I could just see like with, Oh, I could just see in his face where he was like, I tried, but they told me, no, I can only make one. And I'm like, well, that's, that's so hard to make a child, no matter what age they are, choose between, which mom they want to give it to. And like you said too, and hiding it in their room. Yeah, exactly. Or there's the other side of it too. Like you said, where they may not have a mom, they may not have a dad and you're making them do these things in school. That's not always fair. And I mean, to this teacher's credit, she didn't know she had just started as the, as the sub. So she didn't know anyone's background, but if I was a teacher and a kid came up to me saying, can I make two? I have two moms. And I've been like, sure, absolutely. Here's another one. So I don't think that's fair for the teachers to say no and make them choose, end up choosing who to give it to. Yeah, I think it's hard. I mean, I remember when I was in school and doing those crafts where it was, okay, guys, we're going to make a picture frame for your mom. We're going to make this for dad. We're going to, you know, for grandparents day. Like I remember doing all of those things. And now I see on the other side, you know, I was really lucky to have that like nuclear family where I didn't have to make any of those choices, but because these situations are becoming more and more common, that's something that really should be taken into consideration. Like we shouldn't be telling the kids who they have to gift it to. Hey guys, we're doing this craft in school today and it can be a gift for whoever you want it to be a gift for. Agreed. Like they don't have to feel bad about 
anything in their life outside of school when you approach it that way. Absolutely. And the other side is too, is there's a lot more um, like gay couples who are adopting and have kids. So kids school now with only two dads or only two moms. So then what do you do? Like, you know, it's the same thing as having two bonus moms. What do you do when you have two actual moms or two actual dads? You know, I think, I think teachers need to be more aware of those. I don't want to say surroundings. I don't know what the word is, but just, you know, just be more aware of what that child's home life could be. And like you said, let's make a craft and let's, it could be to whoever you want to give it to. There is no designated person. Cause a lot of times too, when you tell a kid, this is for mom, they're going to be like, well, I can't, I can't give it. Wait, what? I can only give it to mom, but I don't have a mom or I have two moms. What am I going to like? They freak out. They don't know what to do. Right. Because the expectation is that they give it to the teacher said to give it to, because that's what they do in class. The people, my teacher said, I do this. My teacher said, I do that. They can't differentiate between you going home and giving it to whoever you want, putting it in your trash can, you know, yeah, they don't know what you're actually doing it. They're just setting that expectation that this is who it's going to be given to. And these are things that I never thought about prior to being in a relationship with Colby and totally. And, you know, even for us, it is hard. Like we have developed like our own nuclear family, like, yes, biologically, he is not mine, but it is the three of us because, because of just the custody arrangement, she's not really present, you know? So we are the nuclear family, but that still doesn't negate the fact that he does have two moms. And I can only imagine the additional internal struggle that he has to go through, when they're pro they're um that's what I'm looking for they're posed with the these expectations no yeah totally I mean you said it perfectly it's it's true and and like you said I mean no matter if you have sole custody or 50 50 custody like you and I at the end of the day are still moms to E&O and you and I have said this from day one becoming bonus moms is we will always accept them as our sons. We don't introduce them as our stepsons. We introduce them as our sons because at the end of the day, that's what they are. And I, I, and like you said, I, it is something you don't realize until you're in that situation. Cause I grew up lucky with my parents still married. I had friends that came from divorced families, but you don't realize those kinds of things until you're in the situation or kind of on the outside looking in like we are like we are in the situation but we're also removed a little bit and looking into it because we are now the ones saying like well what about all the other parents because that's now us it really is and even when they're introducing us to their friends at school but yeah like with them introducing us to their friends at school I remember um I was involved with kindergarten, but mainly behind the scenes because I worked full time. So I wasn't able to attend all, all of the things. Um, but I always sent things into school and I made sure that the teacher and the room mom knew that I was participating like as Oliver's mom. And I was really lucky for Easter. I was able to move around my schedule and I was able to attend their Easter party and made these super cute cupcakes. And that was the first time I realized the like struggle that he has to go through to try to explain this because here you have a five-year-old who's trying to explain that technically I'm his stepmom, but I'm really his mom because he lives with us the yeah. whole time and I'm the one who takes care of him. I'm the one who does all of the mom things for him short of birthing him, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, 
So watching that interaction was really hard because, and like the kids aren't mean to be mean. They're mean in the questions that they ask because they don't realize how mean those questions can come off. They're curious. Yeah. Oh, and this one little boy, they were eating cupcakes together and the little boy looks at me and (laughs) he was like, who are you? And I was like, oh, that's my mom. And the little boy was like, but she doesn't look like you. And oh, literally took his hand, like he's holding his cupcake in his one hand. And then in his other hand, he like face palms himself. And he's like, yes, we don't look alike. She is my stepmom, but technically she's my mom because she's the one who takes care of me and does the mom things with me. So that's why I call her my mom. And the other little boy was like, what? Yeah. You know, and it's hard for them to understand. It's hard for the boys to explain. And that was really hard. You know? Yeah. Um, It's well, they're, I mean, especially when you're a kid, not only knowing your parents together the concept of them not together is confusing to you, especially when you're five and six and, and all, you know, it's just, it's not a concept you know of, so you're not going to understand it, let alone having, you know, try and explain the situation on top of it isn't helpful either. Cause they're probably like, I, how do I explain this to them? Like I have two moms, the end, you know, <laughs> like it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And it always leads with the foot that, I'm mom and he'll, he'll get further into it. If he's asked like how that little boy is like, but she doesn't look like you. Then he, at that point he was prompted to explain a little further, but usually when kids ask like, Oh, who is she? And he says, my mom, then it's done and over. Yes. Um, and he, he's gotten more confident in that as well. And now when kids ask or like make a comment, like well, she doesn't look like you, he'll say, okay, she's still my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's true because he doesn't really have to explain. Maybe he looks exactly like Colby, you know, like E is a spinning image of Dave. I don't see much of his bio mom in him at all. So even if I was like his bio mom, he still looks exactly like his dad. And I'd probably get that same thing. Well, you don't look like your mom. Well, I just look like my dad. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was just, you know, in kindergarten to see that. And like I said, like through the years, it's gotten much easier and he just, you know, leaves it as this. Um, But that was like the first time he was really starting to get comfortable calling me mom. You know, he would call me mom to his friends before he started getting into the like exploratory phase of ask, you know, calling me mom. Um, he would make like little comments or like come up with like nicknames because we have our dog. So he, he would start calling himself a puppy and say that he's one of my puppies too. And, you know, instead of having just two puppies, we have three. So I'm the mommy dog. And that's how he like started that. But this whole mom topic can definitely be on a whole episode in and of itself. No, (laughs) it's true. Understanding that while the kids are in school, this is really, this is a really hard topic for them. And even with sports, you know, just not everybody knows, not everybody knows, um, the different situ- like familial situations that kids are in. And I think there's a lot of pressure put on kids to have like that nuclear family when it's no. becoming less of a common. Yeah, it, for sure. And I know like even with sports, like we had a situation too where, you know, I was present at all the practices and this and that it was soccer and it was out here with where we live and E's mom 
you know, obviously doesn't live here. So she wasn't at, at all the practices. She was at the games, but she wasn't physically present at, at practices. So the coach saw me and Dave all the time. So there was a time too, when, um, he thought I was his biological mom and there was a mishap at the game. And I had to be like, no, I'm a, I'm a stepmom. Like, no. And it's, and it's weird too. Cause you think like adults would pick up on that like early on, but he didn't even make the connection right away either. When so, he's calling you Shay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's so around, Shay, Shay. yeah, but I think just cause he saw me and Dave there together For all sure. the time and he, like he was talking to us, which, oh, and the other part of this too was ease bio mom signed up to be team mom too. So that was the other confusing thing too. Like it was a whole weird situation to begin with, but, um, and then he thought I was her. It was, I don't know. It was weird, but I mean, that just shows that parents can get confused too, just as much as, as kids can. For sure. So I think, you know, the big things to take away from this episode are um, just being really sensitive to the kids as they're going through these new environment changes in school, especially at the beginning of school year when teachers and administrators at school and also their new friends are, are learning your dynamic. Um we definitely have the ability to like handle those emotions better. So it's important that we're there to support them. And if you notice that they're having a bad day with school, talk to the teacher, talk to the kids and, you know, see if something did come up about family that might be upsetting for them. And I think schools overall just need to be a little more um, inclusive of the different types of family structures that are out there. But for anyone who's in this role, or heading down this path, um, just really being supportive and understanding where the kids are at emotionally through this, because it can be emotionally trying when you're getting questioned, well, you don't look like your dad, you don't look like your mom, who are all these people? And they see other kids filling out like this, like, quote, unquote, perfect family tree, well, yours is much bigger and different. And choosing which parent to give this gift to from school and all of those different things can be really hard on them. Um, so I think giving the, giving kids the benefit of the doubt when it comes to school and, and just being there to support them through it and communicate, like openly communicate. I feel awful that O came home from school and hit it because he didn't want to upset me or his biological mom because he was only allowed to make one at school. Like that was awful, but I'm really glad that I did find it and that I was able to have this conversation with him where it was like empowering to him, like, but give it to whoever you want. It didn't even need to go to me or her. You could have written a Mother's Day card to dad or one of your grandmas or our dog. Oh, <laughs> you can true. write these and gift them to whoever you want. And just seeing like that relief in his face, like, okay, I, I can do what I want with my artwork. Like, yes, it is yours to, to choose. You know, you don't have to, this is the one time you don't have to listen to your teacher. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's hard enough for kids going to school as it is. Cause they're learning a whole new different side of life at school, other than the home life that they've known prior to. And I think, you know, for anyone listening for the takeaways is definitely if you're in a school environment, just try and be more inclusive to each kid and their home life needs. And if, if you're a bonus parent, bonus dad, bonus mom, don't be afraid to make yourself known in the school role either. I think that's something that I cannot stress enough. I know, like we talked about earlier, like I, we kind of struggled with where do we fit in? Where do we 
what do we say? What do we do? Like, you know, we're not on the main forms at school, but do I put myself on those little classroom forms, you know, things like that. And the answer is yes, like make it known. And not only do you do that for yourself, but you do that for your child too, so that they know that you are supporting them in this school endeavor and everything else that they want to be a part of in the future, that you are going to be there for them and you're going to help take care of them. And as far as the kids go, when it comes to like having to choose, just do the best you can of making sure they don't have to choose. Like I did with E and the ornament, like, it's fine, bud, give it to your mom. It's totally fine. I know you love me. It's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. And you don't want them to make, make them feel that they have to choose any more than they already do at school, you know, with the teachers saying you can only give, you can only do one and you have, has to be for your mom. Then they're already stuck having to choose once. So you don't want to make them have to choose twice on top of that. And I think the biggest thing is just being honest with them and letting them know that you're there no matter what, and you're going to love them no matter who they choose on the, who they give that gift to. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really think if we were to like give one piece of advice for this whole episode, it would be like making yourself known with school. I yeah. think that that's the most important. Um, get involved, be there to show face for, for the teachers and get uh, to build a relationship with them. Um, but more importantly, to show the, the kid or the kids that you're there for them and you want to be part of their school journey with them. That's what they're going to remember at the end of the day. They're not going to remember which parent got the ornament, which parent got the card. They're going to remember if you were at their, you know, their holiday parties at school, you were at their little ceremonies or open houses. Like those are the memories that they're going to have. So I think the biggest piece is like make yourself known and be really active as active as you can be in school. Like I said, like I worked full time, like you work full time hard, but it's definitely doable. Like make it a priority, you know, it is yeah. class party a year. Like you're there. No, totally. You know, it doesn't hurt to send something with the kid and just let the teacher know, Hey, I'm sending in cookies with, Oh, today or whoever, you know, um, all of that's really important. Just be involved in school. Be involved in school. It's, it's true. Be involved as much as you can. And don't be afraid to be involved because like Melissa was just saying, like make it, make it known that you are present and that you are helping raise this child because you're doing just as much work as the biological parents too. And like you said, like we both worked full time, but we or were more. What? I said, or more. Oh yeah. Yes. Literally. Um, but like Melissa said too, like we both worked full-time jobs, but we were still there at pickup or drop off and the school events and the open houses and the plays and this and that, like we still were there and made it known. And like I said earlier, I'm, I wasn't on those initial emails when you get assigned your teachers and stuff, but Dave passes it all on to me and I email the teacher directly when there's something going on. And so the teacher knows from then on that not just by on a form that she has my information, but that I am involved because I'm emailing you about an issue or, a, you know, whatever it may be. So don't be afraid to step in in any way that you can, other than putting your name on that little form that comes home on the first day of school about, about the parent's information. Do we want to do um, mom wins or fails on this one? Do we have any? All right. So Shay and I are going to alternate here. I can't think of any fails. She doesn't, <laughs> can't think of any wins. Um, so I'm going to start off my win this week. It's kind of a sad win, um, but Colby is active duty military. So he just took off for a training deployment and I 
obviously was really, really sad and emotional and O was as well. So when we came home from dropping Colby off, you know, we, we got on with our day and I was just like kind of sad and like not really wanting to talk a whole lot. Um, and then that night when it was time for O to go to bed, he comes back downstairs with like his bag full of all of his stuffed animals that he wants to keep, but he doesn't have them like out on his bed or anything. And he brought this down and put it on the couch next to me. And he's like, you can pick any of my stuffed animals that you want to snuggle with while dad is gone to make you feel better. And I thought that was the sweetest thing. That is so like, sweet. That instantly made me feel better. Like, he's such a sweet little boy. And then that, like, makes me feel good, too. You know, that, like, he wants to make sure that I feel okay. And there's definitely a fine line with that because children are not responsible for how you feel and how you manage things. Like, that's not what I'm getting at at all. Like, I am the adult. I can cope. I can manage myself. But just seeing that he want, like he was going to bed and I was going to be downstairs by myself for a little bit, he wanted to make sure that I had a stuffed animal to keep me company. I thought that was really sweet. No, it is really sweet. And they're more aware of things than we give them credit for too. Yeah, they really are. Cause I was trying to hold it in and like be really good. Like if I felt like I was going to cry, you know, go into my bathroom for a few minutes, <laughs> but they're aware they know what's going on. He's obviously like riding that emotional train too, of being sad, um, that, that he's, that Colby's gone for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just really sweet and like touching, um, yeah, that was that was my like little mom win of the week that we're we're raising a sweet sweet little human. Totally, I kind of thought like of a semi. It's not really semi mom win, but it's like a like it made me feel good that I just thought of right now. Um, he was playing Fortnite with some of his friends online when he was here with us this past weekend, and uh, he like called said my name. He wanted something or asking a question or something. He said Shay, and I don't remember what it was for. But I hear over the speakers, um, one of the friends that he was playing with, which was really one of like his cousin's friends um, that he's he's played with his cousin and then made friends through this friend or whatever. And so he was like, who's Shay? And he was like, oh, sorry, that's my stepmom. But she's really my she's really my mom. And I was like, oh, that's cute. It made me feel good. But uh, my my fail this week was, you know, he went back to school from the, from the holiday break this week. And, uh, it was, we went back to work on the same day as he went back to school. So it was a struggle for all of us getting back into that school and work groove. And because of, um, of COVID and everything, like I said, he goes in the afternoon for just a couple hours, but he's got these assignments that the teacher sends out through a program called Seesaw that he has to complete before going to school. And we're usually pretty good at getting them all done and then having some time before lunch, before leaving. And yesterday was struggling. So we were kind of rushing because he wasn't quite getting focused and stuff. And then we get him to school, dropped off, good to go. And then I'm there at pickup and I realized we never practiced his new spelling words for the week. (laughs) And I was like, oh, crap. Uh, All right. Well, here we go. That's one day down. But I mean, I, I. not a horrible fail but you know it's getting back into the groove so I made him I pulled him up on my phone and stuck him like on my dashboard so I could see them while I'm driving and I made him practice while we were driving home (laughs) hey that works anything to get it done exactly that's a a good mom how many moms out there do that like I know I've forgotten things with school for him oh for sure I know that yeah I know that's a more common fail 
for sure. But it definitely happened this week with returning to school. <laughs> and now everyone knows they're not the only one who's done it, you know? We yes. No, for sure. At least it was like just spelling words and not something you had to turn in. Right. Um, That's the worst. That is the worst. So luckily with this one, it was just practicing at home. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you are enjoying all of our episodes. And uh, this one, we could have gone down a whole rabbit hole with, with integrating yourself into school and extracurriculars and, and all that. But I think bottom line is don't be afraid to stand up for yourself and don't be afraid to support that new child of yours. Bye, guys. See you next time. Bye.